Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? Get engaged in the political process. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Monica Matthews Show. Hi, welcome back. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. It is Sunday. Fun day. I do not normally do a show on Sunday, fun day. <laughs> but uh, I felt led to do so. Today's been an interesting day. It's been an interesting week, right? Interesting month. It just literally felt like the last mm, two weeks from hell. I know it has for most of you as well. Thank you so much for all of your encouragement, all of your wonderful emails and text messages, and oh my goodness, all of your uh, Telegram notes. I just love it. I love, love, love it. And I love you. I had a lady, I say that and some of you cringe because you're like, whatever, you don't even know me. Um, but I, I don't have to, I don't have to know you. It is possible to love you and never have met you. Right? It is possible. God says, if you hate your brother, you do not have his love in your heart. I hate a lot of things right now. I'm not going to lie. And I'm tempted to hate the people that these wicked things come through. I had a really nasty tweet a couple of days ago whenever I saw what the house did in New Mexico with allowing abortion up to birth, up to and including birth. I mean, on any other planet, that's called murder. But some of you will be super offended by the things that fly out of my face sometimes when I am angry. When I have a righteous anger, but I revert to or resort to unrighteous speech. And I do want to apologize for that. I realize that it can be defiling. It's me getting it out. I'm not making excuses for it, but it is, um, it's true. It's how I, it's how I feel in that exact moment. And I dropped the F bomb on Twitter and many of you follow me over on telegram because you enjoy following me. I appreciate that. And also because my telegram channel allows for you to leave messages for Lynn because for whatever reason, he is still, we are still, his account is still shut out of being able, his channel cannot accept 
responses. And that irks some of you so bad that I that I repeat his that I'm constantly forwarding his messages, but that's done so that he can see your responses and you have access to him outside of an email because he's not on Twitter. He does not use Gab. He uses his Telegram account. So it's been interesting getting to know some people who um, love Lynn and rightfully so. And you guys are just like on fire to support him and rightfully so. I'm totally down with all that. Lynn is much far, he's way ahead of the game. Well, yeah, I'd say so. Some people would beg to differ. He's he's never dropped the F-bomb on Twitter. I have been, I've been guilty of that, okay? He has a serious righteous indignation toward grotesque sin against children, as we all should. And he has, in fact, put forth um, allegations that are corroborated by witness testimony, other evidence that he has since given over. Some of you have a hard time understanding that, but you're just, I don't know what you're waiting for. People are like, where's the evidence? Where's the the hard evidence? (laughs) Again, human scales, right? Evidence is no longer, like we've been trained like seals to be able to look at something that's blue and say, no, it's not. Well, it is, but but where's the light blue? I mean, don't you see a hue? There's, I mean, it's kind of blue, but it, maybe it's not. You know, we doubt everything we see. We're like a nation of doubting Thomases, and we have been programmed for that. It's not your fault, really. We've literally been programmed with every puppy picture we put up, every little grandchild picture we put up on Facebook, every secret meeting we think we're having in a secret chat room on Facebook, and nothing secret. They monitor all of that, and they have they have rigged the system against us. And so we doubt everything. We doubt everyone. We don't know what to believe right now. I read through your messages on, on my wall, on my channel, rather, on Telegram, your messages for Lynn because they inspire me, they give me hope, they make me laugh, they make me cry. This morning, uh, a few people made me go, huh, let me stop and address that. Let me stop and address something, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But many of you, you know, follow me because you're, you want to communicate with Lynn, and that's fine. Lynn is Lynn, and Monica is Monica. We are two autonomous individuals. Um, he has Lynn Wood and I am Monica Matthews. For those of you who don't know, I am my very own special brand of personality. And I'm okay with that. I just texted with a friend of mine and I said, you know, I don't, he was like, man, I saw your response today on telegram. And, um, yeah, well, in a roundabout way, he, he quoted something that I said, and I was like, yeah, you know, call me a badass. And, and I said, well, here's the thing. I have crawled through hell because of really dumb decisions, really stinking thinking. I, I've written a book about it called When Jesus Isn't Enough, the ultimate meal for the starving single woman, uh, because I chronicled all of the dumb things we do as single women and all the dumb things we believe about ourselves and why I also address men because I love men. I'm not a male basher. I don't believe in that at all whatsoever, 
But there are edges around me, Monica, that can be rough. I understand that. I am not for everyone. I'm not. And I quit trying to be for everyone a long time ago. It is exhausting. It is a matter of worth. It is a matter of trusting that God is taking me from glory to glory, not my critics, not the religious spirits, not my past, not my shame or guilt, things that plague me in my life because of things that have been perpetuated in my life from childhood on up. Those aren't excuses, but you got to own where you come from because those things shape your heart. And I wanted to address the heart today because I had a, I had a moment today that became a visceral moment for me, but I closed the door to a chapter in my life and gave someone back the rest of their belongings that I had for a little, a couple of months now. And it was curious to me because I thought, huh, why am I having this response? Like physically this response, right? Because life's been busy. The world's been blowing up. We don't know who's the president, who's not, who's a straw man, who's coming back. Uh, Is president Trump okay? Is the military in charge? Why do we look like, you know, a third world country around our capital? I mean, there are many, many other questions other than, Hey, how's my heart doing? Although I've encouraged you to pay attention to your heart and Lynn on what he calls his first sermon on my show just the other night, which was amazing. If you've missed it, you've got to go listen to it because it's all about his faith. I mean, we, we dilly dallied around about the Georgia bar and all this mess that there, all these demons coming out trying with false accusations and crazy stuff, right? That we all deal with in our lives on some level. He just happens to be more public and has handled it with such grace Oh my goodness. And he's like that in private. I mean, who you see in public is what you get in private. He's he's filled with exactly that amount of faith and grace, transparency. I mean, that's who he is. And I feel comfortable sharing that with you. I, I don't think he would mind. That's my honest assessment. He said something on my show the other night when sharing his faith that left some of you frustrated and and because you know i get it we we read scripture and and sometimes we just read it at face value you know some of you don't feel like well it doesn't need interpretation it is what it is it says black it means black it says white it means white you know your crayola boxes don't have 89 colors you have two <laughs> so i get it i can be that way myself but i like to dig i am an etymologist I'm a word archaeologist. I love words. I love them. And I love people who can express themselves with great, rich vocabulary. It just, it does something to my soul, to my entire being. And coupled with what happened to me to today, and the response I had physically to something that I thought my heart was healed from, right? There was an egregious offense. It was extremely hurtful and responsibility was never taken. And that is the worst. That is the worst when someone doesn't consider your heart sacred ground. 
And I've done it too. I'm not, I don't get a pass. I mean, I've made decisions that are extremely hurtful to other people. Generationally. I mean, I get it. But I have at least, at the very least, I've stopped when confronted with that assault on someone's sacred ground of their heart or their mind. And I've taken responsibility for that. And that doesn't make me a saint. It makes me, it's just who I am. I think that's what we should do. So my heart kind of fooled me today. I I thought, or maybe it was my mind. I don't know. We're going to talk about that. Because many of you don't believe what you're seeing. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what to hear. You don't want to believe. And Lynn said the other night on my show, always follow your heart. Of course, he said in that awesome, you know, romantic Southern draw. No one says God like Lynn would. And so I love it. (laughs) It's just, it's him. And it's great because it's so rich. And it's just, you know, it's like he means it. It's coming from his heart, right? It's coming from his understanding of the word. So some of you got triggered by that. And I saw your responses online and I've seen your emails to me. Well, the Bible doesn't say, the Bible says our hearts are wicked above all things. Does Lynn not know that? I'm like, okay, all right, relax, holy ones. We need to take a step back for a second, okay? Y'all start to sound like those Beth Moore holy rollers. I'm sorry, y'all can delete me now, but she spent four years of my president's tenure bashing him, talking about how horrible he was because she has no discernment about the current dispensation in which God is moving in the earth. So she can teach all about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and make a billion dollars on all of her 5,000 studies and all that stuff, and everybody thinks she's super holy and that's great, and maybe she is. I don't know, but she gets a couple of things wrong. And I did not appreciate four years of berating my president, and especially when he said this to Corinthians. And I'm telling you, the holy ones love stuff like that. The people with the, I'm saying holy ones in quotes. These are the people who have religious spirits. And I'm going to tell you what religious spirits do. They kill. They kill people's hearts, their dreams, their vision, their hope. Any mercy, any grace, out the window. Gone. There's no room for glory to glory. None whatsoever. I'm about to set some of y'all free. I remember for about eight years of my Christian walk, the scripture that says, you know, he is in who he who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things are become new. Right? That's the King James Version. Check this out. Many of your Bibles say all things have become new. Well, what does that tell you? You should be new. And in the spirit realm, you are because you've been washed, you've been cleaned, you've been sanctified, you've been set aside, you're consecrated for his use. Doesn't mean we don't still make choices to remain consecrated for his use. And some of us slip away from that and his rod and his staff comforts us and it, you know, comes to get us when we're over the cliff and he kind of scoots us back over into our lane, our spiritual GPS and guardrails. That's our father. That's what good fathers do. They discipline you. They correct you. They say, hey, uh, bridge is out. Coming to get you. Stay right there. Don't move. The religious spirits will tell you, well, I mean, and you'll notice most of them live back in the Old Testament, 
right? A lot of them do. A lot of Beth's studies are in the Old Testament. And if she doesn't like what I'm saying, you guys send this over to her. She's welcome to call me, Monica at MonicaMatthews.com. I'd love to have a chat with her about it because I think her work on some level leads people to the letter of the law. And the only thing you will ever receive from the letter of the law is death. You know how I know that? Because the Bible tells me so, because it kills. The spirit of the law, however, sets people free. And that's what Jesus came to do, to set the captives free. He also came to create in us a clean heart, which David prayed for regularly. Creating me, create in me, Lord, a clean heart, a clean mind, right? And the word says that we have the mind of Christ. We are as wise as serpents, as gentle as doves. That's what we're called to do. And we are called to bridle our tongues. Absolutely. Why? Because life and death, heaven and hell, literally reside in this little rudder in between your lips. When someone said to me the other day, you know, God's in the silence. I was like, well, okay, yes. Actually, I saw a friend of mine on Twitter say that, and I love him. He's my Catholic friend. Give him a hard time. And I love I love Catholics. I always, But anyone I've ever ministered to who's coming out of Catholicism or is totally confused about God and what to believe, and they've been Catholics, and they feel guilty about everything, and they don't know what to do. And I'm like, they always refer to themselves as recovering Catholics. So it's just kind of a running joke in my ministry. But I certainly don't have any judgment. You know why? Because the Word tells me not to judge another man's servant. So, hello. Anyway, if the church would would actually just live according to ten sacred principles. (laughs) Actually, Jesus broke it down to like two, right? Love God. Love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, we can't do that. How the heck are we supposed to live in 567,000, you know, other laws, which really ticked God off, I got to tell you. My righteous righteous indignation toward these people who kill you with the letter of the law is righteous. That is exactly why Jesus was like, I am done with this. How many times did he get onto them for putting a burden on the widow? I'm a widow. I understand what that burden looks like. Trust me. I've been poor most of my life. My daughter will tell you we're the richest poor people she knows. You know why? Because of God's favor. I lived on $22,000 a year as a widow because my daughter was sick for 12 years. She had ulcerative colitis. She nearly died on me. I don't know how many times. My husband died. We lost all of our money in the stock market. Never do that again. And I mean, I made some dumb young decisions and I paid for it, but I was a believer and I didn't throw good money after bad. When I lost $150,000 in the stock market and a bad deal that was a scam, I let it go. And I just counted on God. I hope this ministers to some of you pastors who are scared to death of losing your 501c status. I want you to know something. According to the IRS, you've never been a taxable entity. The church has never been a taxable entity. The gravy train they've thrown you, the honeypot, is, is meant for exactly that. It is a honey trap. And as a body, we've been trapped. We do not rely on our Father to bless us. I can tell you firsthand, as a widow, I have traveled the world with my daughter. 
I've lived in a nice home. I've had a nice car. I've had every single need met, every single need above and beyond what 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 my circumstances would tell me that I had earned. I and I couldn't get a job because I was taking care of my daughter, but I had survivor's benefits and she did too, and that was all we had. I couldn't even I wanted to work so bad. That's why I'm on fire now. I couldn't work for uh, 15 years of of my life. And I'm a worker. I'm German. <laughs> we work. The other side of my family, the Greeks, you know, count on the Germans to work. That's why Greece is in debt to Germany. <laughs> but but I work. I love working. I love manual labor. I love getting out and dealing with, you know, animals and picking stuff and hard labor. I love that stuff. Manual labor, all about it. I'm a workhorse. I'm also a thoroughbred. And I know that about myself. So I don't let y'all shame me about not being perfected. And you shouldn't let anyone shame you. Okay. But I've had the favor of God on my life as a widow. But I can't tell you how hard it was as a widow too. And can I tell you who blessed me the most as a widow? Not only God's children in the church. At the time, the Orthodox Cathedral of Atlanta blessed me and my daughter. Oh my goodness. You know, I mean, we had to give, I had to tell them what my bills were and what was it. it I, that that stuff you can't have pride, and some of you are going to find yourselves in that predicament, and it's going to feel like a predicament, and it's going to feel like you should be ashamed, and you're going to be mad as hell because your job's gone, and why didn't the GOP fight for this, and where did President Trump go, and why did he walk off the field, and is Joe Biden the president or not, and come on, and and I'm not I'm not a racist just because I'm white, and I don't understand what the heck's going on, and where is God, and this wasn't what I tithed for, I mean, what is, some of you guys are going to go through that, and I want to be here right now with you to discuss your heart and your mind. Because I'm telling you from first-hand experience, not because the Bible told me so, but it was because the Bible told me so that I implemented my faith. I had to. When you are running an extension cord, <laughs> these are the stories we tell around our Thanksgiving dinner, dinner table. When you're running an extension cord in the middle of summer from your neighbor's back porch, who still has electricity, into your den window because you don't have electricity and it's the middle of July in Atlanta with your child. You have nowhere to go and you're trying to keep your refrigerator from killing what little food you have left, right? Um, just to get a fan to blow in the house. Like we weren't watching cartoons. I mean, we didn't care about the television. It was just to get some air, and yeah, I could have gone to my parents' house. I could have. I could have called my my daddy and been like, "Hey," and he would have he would have been right there. But you, I but I missed my payment, and I made other decisions with my money. And so I had kind of made my bed in that instance, and I decided that I was just going to lay in it. Yep, it was slightly humiliating as a mother. I felt like, wow, I've completely hit like the, the, the epitome of loser. But I, I don't think I was proud about it. I think I was just tired of feeling like everybody's, um, social justice effort. 
I was tired of feeling like everyone's special program. And the Lord was kind in that moment. He was very sweet. And he ministered to my heart. Heart. He brought his scriptures to my mind. The scriptures that I fed on like it was my last meal. The waters I drank from like I it was going to be the last drop of water I ever had. In the desert of my life of losing my husband at 28 years old to ALS. I bore his physical trauma for so many years. It still haunts me. It is the worst disease ever. I'm just telling you. If you're sick with something, I'm sorry. I don't mean to compare ailments, but it's bad. I mean, it's it's gruesome. And he was whew, gorgeous. Total hunk. Athlete. Good looking. People loved him. He was a great manager. His, his, um, you know, staff loved him. He was lovable, likable, life of the party. And he went down. He was built. He was an athlete. He was, you know, muscular. He was 30 years old. He was in the prime of his life. Just got married, just had a baby, had a brand new house. Bam. Surprise. Death comes knocking at the door. I'm 28 years old. I don't have a college degree. I was a singer. I mean, I'm, I'm like, what do I do with all this? I have a new baby. So when people try to shame me about my rough edges, now you'll understand that it's not my ego talking when I tell you that you have a choice to stay on my channel or you can go find another one. It's because I am as solid as a rock about the hell I've come through with my father. And if he still accepts me, whatever you think about me, trust me, it matters. It's on the scale of, I don't, I don't want to hurt you or offend you. But if you try to bring leaven into my life, and into the city gates of my territory, into my heart, into my spirit, into my online presence, I will cut you out like a tumor. And I will keep right on moving. I enjoy weeding my garden because I have a beautiful, safe space at my home that I've worked hard to plant and train and tend Love husbandry. I mean, I love that. And so I'm not going to let a bunch of weeds come in and take over my garden. And I consider my online presence my garden. And if you're in it and you're still with me, you're part of my garden. I'm responsible for what is left on my thread and for your hearts and your minds to an extent, at least what comes out of my face and how I respond to it. So yes, there was an incident today on Telegram where I just, you know, I got called an egomaniac. I was being rude because someone was trying to bait me, not debate me, which I'm fine with dissent, but there's a difference between a dissent, a dissenting opinion, and having a conversation about that, and someone mocking my president. I will not tolerate that spirit. I don't, I don't tolerate it in my life. 
It's something I'm extremely gifted with the ability of doing. I can mock like nobody's business. And there's something that, and there's something kind of godly about that when you're dealing with the enemy. You know why? Because the word says God mocks his enemies and he laughs at his enemies. That's why laughter is as a medicine. That's why if the body of Christ would quit mulling around right now, feeling like, what happened? I don't, we don't know what's going to go on. And, you know, glory to God, all we could do is pray. I mean, if we would just like laugh and get up, sing hallelujah, dance, sing praises, God inhabits what? The praises of who? His people. Right? We look like a bunch of afraid sourpusses. We're afraid the FBI is going to show up with every tweet we tweet, everything we say. And yeah, they're listening. They're watching. They're listening to this broadcast right now. Hopefully someone will get saved from listening to my show one day. That would be amazing. But in the meantime, from the rooter to the tutor, those organizations are not your friends. Yes, they are our friends whenever they help save children from being trafficked. High five. Love it. But even the devil does something nice every now and then. All right, I'm going to move on from that. So your heart. Lynn said, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Your heart. Listen to your heart. Follow your heart. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, that's so wrong. The Bible says the heart is just the most wicked thing of, of all things. Actually, the Bible says to guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. See, the issues in my life flow from my heart. The issues from the man's life who recently broke my heart flow from his heart. And so reconciling those things whenever we're attempting to extend grace and mercy to someone is important. Some of us are like, well, I didn't ask for forgiveness, so I'm not going to forgive. Well, that's not what the word said. Although they did try to trap Jesus with this. Well, how many times are we supposed to forgive? He's like, well, I don't know. Let's try 70 times 7. That kind of shut everybody up really quickly. Well, what about the what about this tramp? She's we just caught her. Of course, they bring her out, not the dude. But she gets dragged out into the middle of the crowd, and they're all like, "Yeah, it's time to you're gonna stone her, right?" And Jesus is like, mm, "Hold my wine." So kneels down in the sand and does his little drawing. Which gah, people are like, "If you could ask Jesus what thing, what would it be?" One thing I'm like, I want to know what he wrote in the sand. <laughs> Because I've been that woman. Pick your teeth back up. I've been that woman. I've been caught in adultery. Absolutely. I've been a fornicator. I've lied. I don't think I've stolen. If I did, I don't remember. If I did, I'd tell you, clearly. It's like confession with confessions of Monica Matthews. Um, But it's, you know. It's like, okay, well, nothing's private anyway. Uh, I've had addictions. I mean, I listen, just because I've been in ministry, you think I've overcome stuff? I, I, have, I have two Corinthians moments in my faith. So what? What? Are you better? What? What you got? Are you better than me? If you are, pick up that boulder, honey. Throw it. I don't like people who kill you with the letter of the law. I will never stop defending you and God's protection of your mind and your heart to live according to the letter of the law. So I can come across a little brash and bold because I see I'm not a pastor, but I but I am someone who tends 
to the flock. I'm a minister to the flock. I am not a pastor. I have zero desire to be one. There's also a part of me that's a little old-fashioned, so I kind of feel like, you know, no offense if you're a female pastor. Hey, God will use, listen, Jesus said, that rock right there would cry out to me. All of creation cries out to me. So don't get it twisted, right? But because he can use anything. He doesn't need us, but glory to God, he does choose to use us. But there's a little, I think that, I don't know what that is, probably because I was raised Orthodox, but I also just believe, I love, I just feel like godly patriarchy is the most romantic thing on earth. I do. I don't see anything oppressive about that, especially with a man who's walking with the Lord and reading his word and understanding the Father's heart for women. There's nothing oppressive about that. It doesn't mean the guy's going to be perfect, but but there's nothing, you know, unless someone tries to rule over you, and then if you if you have discernment in your heart, you know when someone's trying to rule you. And men, you know it too. You know when your woman's out of complete order. Why? How do you know that? Why does it irk you whenever she generalizes about all men? Why does it irk you whenever she slights you in front of other people? Why does it irk you that she still nags you about stuff that you are just, you know, you're like, whatever. Um, why do certain things irk you about the way she treats you, the way she speaks to you, the way she lies to you about her purchases when she goes to the mall, the way she trains your children to lie to you, the way she talks down to you with the children? You know why? Because God didn't create you to tolerate that. He created you to take your rightful place in the family. Hello? So when people like to say, well, Eve tempted, you know, old Eve tempted, uh, I almost said Steve. That's hilarious. Uh, Eve tempted Adam. <laughs> Good grief. Eve tempted Adam. And I'm like, yeah, but guess what? Eve wasn't given the command to uh, protect all of creation. She didn't name creation. She wasn't walking with God first. God gave Adam the mandate. And it wasn't considered sin to all of creation, all of creation, including the animals. The animals weren't eating each other, by the way, in the uh, garden. Man, all of creation did not fall until Adam ate the apple. Adam had a choice. And I already told you, I love men. So I, this is not about bashing on men. But I'm saying, again, it kind of goes back to taking care of sacred ground. The Garden of Eden was sacred ground. The garden of your heart is sacred ground. The garden of my heart is sacred ground. The garden of your mind is sacred ground. He tells us to guard our hearts, for out of it flow the issues of life. He also tells us that we have the mind of Christ, and to put on the helmet of salvation. What is salvation? Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy. I'm not a preacher, but I think I'm a teacher. I love talking about things the Lord has poured into me. And, you know, I'll tell you a little secret about how this happened. I was living all kinds of crazy after my husband died. And I mean, it was crazy. I talk about this in the book. So if you if you want to know more and about overcoming, especially as a single woman, if you want to know about overcoming 
these obstacles or a single man. It's just that I see that women's struggle is a little different because we have the need to be desired and to be safe, right? And to be honored and cherished and all those things. But to be desired is a big deal for a woman. And when that is not fed and in you are stumbling uphill in your faith and you've also had things happen in your life that have effectively programmed you neuroplastically, um, uh, your RNA, I mean, also generational things, your DNA. These are all things that are working against you along with an enemy of your soul who wants to take you with him for eternity, right? So couple like childhood abuses, all kinds of stuff um, that, that were just nuts. I talk about that in the book too. Um, I, I was not considered sacred ground. My body, my mind, um, my voice was not considered, my whole being was not considered sacred ground. So I never really knew what it was like to treat myself like I was sacred ground. That's why whenever you see these women running around out here looking like a bunch of hoochies, I don't, I don't shame women about that. I'm not one of these religious freaks who's, well, you should be, you know, the Bible says, Paul says, we're supposed to be modest. There you go, killing people with the word again. You have no idea why that young lady dresses that way. I'm telling you now, I know more pearl-clutching, modest-dressed, golf attire, Tommy Bahamas-wearing, Anne Klein-sporting, what are some of the other ones, whatever, Um, you know, pearl-clutching Buckhead Bettys, because I live in Georgia, who are freaks of the week. I mean, let's just put it out there. I mean, they're running around in swingers clubs and their tennis clubs and their little tea clubs and, you know got all kinds of affairs going on. I mean, I just put it, I just tell it like it is. I'm telling you because you know why? It's too important. I don't do it to shame people or make fun. It's what's happening. And it doesn't need to happen. I'm not even going to say it shouldn't because remember, I don't like it when you should on me. And I don't want to should on you. But it should not be happening. But it is. And because the church won't address it outside of, well, the word, you know, here's what the word says. And this is what Paul was thinking whenever he was blinded as Saul. And then he picked up and he went to this. And I'm like, are, are you even speaking English to people who are literally wrapped up in an affair right now? And are you ministering to them and meeting with them and getting down in the muck and mire with them and understanding why she doesn't want to have sex with her husband anymore? And can you please finally tell couples of the church that Paul wrote that once you're married, your body no longer belongs to you, husband and wife? You are now considered one, and so and to come together as often as possible. Why? To keep the enemy out of your bed? No one talks about that. I talk about that in ministry. I talk about it on the air. People, my phone lines blow up. They're like, what the heck? What? What are you talking about? Men love it. They're all over that. Women are like, oh, gosh, really? Now we have a scripture that says that we're supposed to have sex with him? Yes, ladies, you do. God is passionate. God is not afraid of communion. He's not afraid of man and woman physically communing. He's just not. Take of my body. Eat. This is my blood. Drink. When two flesh become one, that's marriage. It's also sex. So if we taught things on that level, 
We probably wouldn't have to worry about abortion clinics to the extent that we do or condoms or sexually transmitted diseases or all the other, you know, prophylactic measures that we take to avoid bringing life into this earth. Oh, I'm on a roll, I guess. Thank you, Father. I didn't even know I was going down this road. Your heart. In Hebrew, your heart in ancient Hebrew was considered the mind, is considered your thoughts. So I want you to think about that. If the battleground is in your mind, right? And how many times have you heard people say that? And we know for sure, y'all are all going to be really familiar with the term cognitive dissonance. Yep. Some of you are like, what does that mean? Well, it means that what you perceive is not, is, is not real and what you perceive is real is not real. Get it? What you saw... Most of you are like, what was so weird about that inauguration, right? Because something in your head, probably the mind of Christ, recognized that something was off. There were things missing because you were paying attention. Well, that's because they were missing. But someone, some system wants you to believe that this whole administration is real. And so you do. And that's okay. If that's where you are, you stay there. I'm not there. I'm on the other, I'm with Lynn. I'm on the other side of things. I, I I do not believe. I believe that this is, and I do realize this is this could get me a visit from the three letter agencies, whatever, um, because I could be inciting some type of violence by causing you to actually think for yourself <laughs> and to exercise your what your mind of who Christ, and the mind of Christ is not deceived. The mind of Christ has discernment. The mind of Christ thinks for itself, for himself. The mind of Christ takes in information, both on a sensory level as well as critical thinking. The mind of Christ calls upon the spirit of wisdom and is able to assess accurately what is happening behind curtains. That's the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is not riddled in fear. The mind of Christ is not your lizard brain. The mind of Christ is not our monkey brain. There's nothing monkey brainish about the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is not planning on an attack. The mind of Christ is not fearing his neighbor. The mind of Christ is not fearing anything. The mind of Christ understands his authority in this earth and the territory of which he was called to occupy and by the strength and the power with which he was called to occupy. That's the mind of Christ. And you, my dears, and myself, I'm reminding me, I'm reminding myself, we have the mind of Christ. How do I know that? Because the Bible told me so. So I saw something last night. This is this is when I get in trouble. This is part of my snarky mocking stuff, but I was on Twitter and someone sent me a video of, I don't know where it was, like the Netherlands, we could have been the Netherlands, come on. Those guys are like, those are peace-loving people. But they're somewhere around the globe. They were having a religious text-burning frenzy. And there were like bonfires out in the middle of the streets. They were Everybody was required to bring their religious texts to the I mean, this is crazy. It's like the Salem witch hunts, right? And why would they do that? Because if your Bible, hopefully this will inspire some of you to read. And I'm going to get back to my story about how I came to the Lord living all kinds of harlot craziness. But um, but I thought to myself, 
The only reason they want to burn it is because they understand that if you ever read it and you read it with the intention of seeking and finding and knocking and things being opened and asking and receiving, you'll be unstoppable. That's a word for America right now. You'll be absolutely unstoppable. Do you understand the power in that? You would use your mouth to start saying things that are power-filled, that are Christ-like, that move mountains, that cause fig trees to shrivel and die, that raise people from the dead, that heal sicknesses, that cast out demons. Imagine if we all showed up around the Capitol in the power of Christ. And there's no distance in the Spirit, so we don't have to go to the Capitol. We can do it from home. But we all surrounded the Capitol in prayer, in the power of Christ. Not just like, oh, please, Jesus, show up and do this. But no, like, we're here with the Spirit of God, with the authority of God, and we're speaking over this Capitol in the name of Jesus. And we are commanding every demonic spirit in this principality around D.C. to fall into the ocean of forgetfulness and to be absolutely crumbled and to be defanged. If we did that collectively, oh my gosh, but we're sitting at home, what's going to happen? What's going on? I don't understand. Lynn hasn't said anything today. Well, why haven't they given us hard evidence? We're Sydney. Where's the president? Did he just abandon us? We're missing the boat. This is our time. And do you know why they burn those books? The people of darkness who understand the knowledge and the keys and the power that's in your text, probably collecting dust somewhere on one of your shelves at home. And I know that because statistics show that only 3% of the body of Christ reads their Bible. Right? That's why we have no authority in the earth. Other than God's mercy. I mean, in in his grace, which is pretty major. But I got to tell you, man, I'm a mother. And I raised my daughter to be able to get it. I mean, to like work it out in life. I didn't raise some feeble, lame, afraid of everything. You know, she is a blank buster. I mean, she's like, she's heaven on wheels. She knows her authority. And if she forgets, she calls mama and she's like, hey, I need you to pray. I got some demonic stuff going on around me. And mom, I need help. I'm like, I got you, girl. And that's how we pray. That's how we handle business in our house. I go to my father. I'm like, this sucker's too big. And this deception in my life is too big. And I've agreed with devils and I need you. I'm sick. I need you. I, you know, I've defiled your temple. I need you. And he, and he does, he shows up and he scatters his enemies who are my enemies who are always spiritual first. I cast my burdens upon him. I do what he commands me to do in that way. Hey, take this addiction from me. Take this thought addiction. Addictions don't always involve porn, uh, you know, masturbations, uh, uh, you know, covetousness, um, alcohol, drugs, shopping. No, some of us are addicted to being afraid. Some of us are addicted to nagging, complaining, doubting, any number of unchristlike mindsets that exalt themselves above the Lord. And, and do you remember Satan said to God, I will ascend my throne 
above yours. And do you know how he does it? Every time we agree with him in our mind. Which according to the Hebrew was your heart. Trust your heart. Follow your heart. If your heart, and I believe this was Lynn's heart, if your heart is committed to the Lord, if your heart is consecrated unto the Lord, if your heart, your mind, is steadfast upon the Lord, you're going to be kept in perfect peace because the word promises you that. He whose mind is set upon the Lord will be kept in perfect peace. And what does perfect peace do? It casts out all fear because it is perfect love. And when God tells us to be perfect, when Jesus said, be ye perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Do you know what that means in the Greek? And I am Greek, so I can't actually attest to this. It means be ye whole. Be ye whole. You're no longer fractured. Remember I said there was a scripture that would I'm going to share that will set you free. All things have become new in some translations. The actual translation of that is all things are become new. So the old has passed away. So you are now reconciled to your father by your faith and by your confession thereof that Jesus Christ is your propitiation for sin, is your redeemer. He took your place. And and it's important for you to understand that he sits on the mercy seat. Go back and read your Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant. What was on the mercy seat? The veil of the temple was rent. What does that mean? You no longer had to go through religious dogma. Perfect religion is this, caring for the widow and the orphan, visiting them in their need, and keeping yourself unspotted from the world. What is that? I'm the worst Christian address giver on the planet, but I know my word because the Lord himself planted it in my soul, in my bones, It is literally in my bones. So if you came and burned every one of my Bibles, every religious text ever, the only way you can take that from me is if I surrender my mind to my enemy who wants to exalt himself above my father. The word is grafted in my bones. That's why I'm able to have these conversations with you. I'm not a theologian. I could, I think it's James 427. I know somebody will email me and correct me or at least tell me I'm right, but I don't have it in front of me. Perfect religion is this perfect and acceptable religion, religion undefiled. Think about that. So when I go hard after people who are, and they may be well-meaning Christians, but when you start putting yokes on my brothers and sisters and you call that Christianity and you got people who can't, they don't even believe they're loved by God and you want to give them a bunch of hubla goobla about how Abraham did it 
and that is not helping them. And they're, I, I get it. The word comes by hearing. I mean, the faith comes by hearing by hearing the word of God. But, you know, sometimes it helps for people to be able to look in your eyes and look and hear your voice and know that God is on the scene because they don't have a burning bush and they don't have time to go back through their notes. And again, I don't want to, I'm walking a fine line here. I don't want to besmirch someone who has been called of the Lord. But when I get off the rails, I do listen to my brothers and sisters. And usually I know when y'all are nuts and not, y'all are just on some religious rant and when God is using you to correct me. And I am correctable. If Lynn's listening to this broadcast, he probably just chuckled, but I am. I am absolutely correctable, and I welcome it. I want to be teachable. I don't want to be obstinate and rebellious. That is, people died in the desert because they were rebellious and they were stiff-necked. They refused to enter into the into the Lord's rest. I don't want to be that person, and neither do you. So, your heart, right? Guard your heart. Guard your mind. When I said today, I'm not going to allow any manner of beast to walk in and out of my space online. I meant it. And that comes from the scripture that says, a man without rule over his spirit is like a city with his gates torn down. And every manner of beast comes in and out. And there's more to it. It's awful. And I just want you to take a look at our country, right? We have not managed the spirit of God in this country. In the, in the way that we should be exercising the spirit of God in this country. And what's happened? Now, our, our border walls have been down. I mean, our, our walls of our military over, you know, all of Obama's administration, and God only knows what is happening. Well, anyway, God only knows what would happen if given a legitimate chance to dismantle everything. The Democrats would take our entire immune system, our military forces, right out of our body, right out of the nation. Absolutely would. They would take out our tonsils. <laughs> Some of you were like, what? Do you know that your tonsils are your first line of defense in your immune system? And how many of you were told, got to take those tonsils out because they were inflamed. They were constantly inflamed. Well, maybe your body was, you know, God designed was actually telling you that, uh, you know, hey, whatever you're eating doesn't really jive. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the baby powder, the talc that you're using that we've now discovered has caused millions of cases of uh, ovarian cancer. Um, you know, thanks baby powder. Um, maybe your little body was saying, Hey, what's this? You keep putting in my diaper. Your, you know, your immune system was doing what, how God created it to do. Imagine that we're also, uh, you know, a lot of you are Christians and you, and you believe that, you know, healing is from God and God's going to protect me and y'all are in line to take the COVID vaccination. We can do that on another show, but I'm like, well, I'm taking practical steps, right? Trying to get enough sleep, which is the worst for me because I'm just busy and up and I'm engaged. I'm very engaged in what's happening to the people in my life, how I can help the people in my life, how I can cover the people in my life, uh, speak on behalf of people in my life. I'm, I'm very alert so I'm up, and I need to get some rest. Pray for me. But our diets, exercise, fresh air, sun. President Trump wasn't crazy when he said, go out and get you some sun. Sunlight would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, duh. Everybody laughed at him. Again, another two Corinthians moment. Everyone laughed at him. 
oh, the president said that light's going to kill COVID. Well, I mean, have you studied light? Do you understand what certain therapies do to cancer cells? I mean, our bodies are magnificently designed, and so is your mind, and so is your heart. The borders of our, the, the walls of our city. I mean, I'm a, I guess I'm what you would call a seer. I'm a watchman on the wall. And I haven't really had a wall to sit on until President Trump. I mean, I have spiritual walls, but, and thank God for that. But in terms of like, you know, if I was seated on the walls of the United States, and I was actually on a couple of bricks that were left after Obama shouting from the rooftops, hey, keep your eyes on the Middle East. You've got a whole other faction of ideology floating this way that is not going to be good for us. While everybody's concerned about their bank accounts and yes, we can and change.org and, you know, change is good and, ooh, it's our first black president, you know, and look, we're not racist. Uh, you know, all that mess. I'm guilty too. I was right there with you and uh, cried watching, you know, Michael and, I mean, Obama and Hussein and, and Michelle dance. I was like, oh my God. I was so apolitical at that point. I was, uh, I was like a, unicorn flower child, I think, politically. I was writing for various uh, political figures and, and state judges because I'm a writer and I'm a speech writer, but I didn't, you know, I study people and I write and I speak according to what, you know, people are concerned about. I'm a wordsmith. That's what I do. And so, and I love it. I'm grateful. I love words. I told you I eat them. They're great. They're beautiful. We should cherish them. They're sacred. Words are sacred. So are you, by the way. If no one's told you that, can I be the first person to tell you that? That you are sacred. Your mind is sacred. Your womb is sacred. Your heart is sacred. Your body is sacred. Your dreams and your desires that God places in your heart when you delight yourself in him are sacred. Your joy is sacred. Your peace is sacred. Your hope is sacred. That's what they want to take from us right now. Do you understand? All of this arguing and questioning and what if and what happened and who, what, why now, all of that is meant to rob you of your sacred gifts that our sacred Father gives us. Our righteousness, our peace, and our joy. Our righteousness does not come from ourselves. It comes from our Father who gave it to us through His Son. Don't let them rob you. It's your salvation. The Bible says your salvation is this, righteousness, peace, and joy. Don't let them take that from you. Hope is a strategy. They take the truth from you because they burn books around the world and they will eventually get to that place in this country. It will happen. My show is censored on Google. 
that's in the cyber world and digital world. There will come a day that you will not find the text of God in this country. It may not be a hundred years from now, but it will happen. And God forbid it happened in our lifetime. And you beautiful people, you beautiful, your beautiful souls and your children and your grandchildren don't know the truth about all of this and the eternal. They want to take the truth out of the earth because the truth breeds hope. And hope will keep you free. The truth makes you free and can and will set you free in as much as you will receive it as truth. That's why I said can, because remember there were places that Jesus went, he couldn't heal anyone. Bible says it. I didn't, I didn't make it up. He couldn't heal anybody because of the lack of faith. It wasn't because they didn't hear. Maybe their minds were crowded out. Maybe their hearts were full of other stuff, stuff. How many of us are trying to hang on to our stuff right now? I'm trying to unload stuff. I'm like, give me a yurt out in the middle of a field with some dirt and grass and straw and some trees and some water nearby. I'm down. (laughs) I am good to go. I can build my own little house (laughs) and be as happy as a hog and slop. I'm so Southern. It's ridiculous, but I could do it. I have honestly thought about it and I'm planning on it because my heart is happy there and my heart matters. My heart is what? Sacred. And so is yours. Don't let them take your hope. We serve the God of hope. That's what the word says. Hang on to your hope. Hang on to it with everything you've got. And you follow people who are going to encourage that hope. Information is not going to help you right now. The truth is the only thing that will set you free from the bondage of absolute terror, worry, fear, dread, hatred, wrath, anger, confusion, idolatry, covetousness, jealousy. Did I mention fear? Please tune in to people who feed you the truth and hold on to that truth. Let it sink down. Let it sink down way into your bones. Get it into your immune system. Get it into your mind. Our minds are so formidable. Even when people say we can't teach an old dog new tricks, that is of the devil because that is absolutely not true. Be ye transformed by the washing of the word in your mind. So when people say you're so brainwashed by Christianity, I'm like, yeah, amen. <laughs> Wash my brain some more, Lord. Because it needs it for real. Y'all don't even want to know some of the thoughts I have. I have not perfected this thing. And I'm not preaching that. But by God, I know my father's faithful. I don't know a lot of things. I never finished 
my college degree, and I want to go back and do that because it's something that the enemy just rubs me raw over. I've lived six different degrees in my lifetime, trust me. And God has blessed me with knowledge and wisdom. And my mind is still growing. It is still expanding. And as soon as I cut off those deadly thoughts, the synapses in my brain, my physical brain and yours, when you let things die, and it works both ways, if you don't immerse yourself in the truth, if you don't immerse yourself in things that cause your mind to hope and grow and expand and love and think differently about things. Linwood was 66 years old when God knocked on the door of his heart and Lynn opened it. And Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock, let me in. So he's standing at the door of your heart and he's saying, let me in. And if your heart is your mind, let him in. And let your heart not be troubled. You can change. I don't care how old you are. The washing of the water of the word will literally change the anatomical makeup of your brain. And you will, in fact, be a present progressive new creation of Christ Jesus. Not only are you a new creation in the spirit, but as you go from glory to glory and your mind accepts the truth of God that will set you free and you guard your mind as sacred ground, And that begins with your ear gates and your eye gates and your mouth. All of those gates, the entry points into the center of your spirit, which is your city that you have been charged to occupy and to guard. You, not, I can't do that for you. Your preacher can't do that for you. Your bishop, your monsignor, your pope. Your reverend, the nuns, no one can do that for you but you. I love you. I'll share my story with you another night. It's good, though. It's juicy. Y'all going to want to tune into that. Or you can just go buy my book. Don't you listen to me for free. I'm, I'm not, listen, God has blessed me with patrons, and I'm so blessed in that way that I don't have to count on y'all for anything. <laughs> um, although, I'm so I'm not, listen, you want to send me donations? Well, no, 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 no. So, sorry, IRS. There's one of those three-letter agencies that listens to me. No, it's not a donation because I'm not a 501c3 or 4. Uh, it's a contribution. If you would like to contribute to my work, you're welcome to do that. But I don't end every show with that. Matter of fact, I rarely ever begin or end a show with anything about money. Um, but hey, I love it because God blesses me and he opens up the storehouses and and several of you, by the way, thank you. 